Last week the Lord began with us expanding to us on the divine plan of God to increase, to multiply his people. We were able to examine that there is a death in God deeper than our present state. That however long crisis and chaos may be in the lives of those who love him, it is not their destiny. It is not our destiny to be subjugated forever. No. God has an immense plan. One of the natures of God that we have seen in the scriptures was for God to lead Israel out of Egypt. If God was satisfied with bondage, he wouldn't do it. But that singular event explains the mind of God in the midst of Christ. That God does not want us to be ultimately denied as covenant people. Regardless of how long the crisis and the chaos of our lives may have been, there is a divine plan of God to bring you out of it. We may be here tonight. We may have suffered difficult circumstances in our lives. I have a word from the Lord to you. That the Lord will deliver Israel, will bring you out of that bondage, and will bring you out of that oppression, and set you free on the ground of his divine power and divine promise. One of the things the Lord helped us to see that whatever may be going on today, we are people in a transition. That there is no permanent circumstance in your life. That however long that the circumstance has been, an end is coming to the circumstance. The Lord is bringing days of joy again. God is going to replace the pain with the pure love of his grace. The Lord is going to replace the ashes with his beauty. One of the things the Lord mentioned to us is that we must be very careful. That we do not get caught up in the sensational and lose the core reason and the core path of God's divine plan in lifting his people. God is interested in lifting us. But we must know that before the lifting of God begins, we must understand that God wants us to have history with him. We must have history with God. We must have a place of relationship with God. We must have a place of fellowship with God. There must be a starting point in our lives with God. We took Abraham as a classical example last week. And the Lord spoke to us extensively on the issues of this man's life. I went through so many vicissitudes of life. But in the midst of it, God was there. We saw all the valley experiences that that Abraham had. But God was there. And the conclusion of the story that we said last week was the fact that the beauty of all this is that Abram reached his destination. He reached his destination. And I am glad to say to us tonight, regardless of what we'll be going through, the Lord will bring us to our destinations in life. In Jesus' name. Tonight we take on, I begin tonight, by saying the divine plan 
is centered on a progressive change for his people. The divine plan is centered on the progressive, consistent change for his people. It is a bad father that will rejoice in the setbacks of his children. Correct, church? It is a bad father that will be treated and enthused by the failure of his children. But the father of light in whom there is no variableness, neither the shadow of turning, will never rejoice in the setbacks of his children. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, I know the thought that I think towards you. <laughs> God says, I know the thought that I think towards you. It is the thought of peace and not of evil. That you may have a future and a hope. I love that scripture. I know the thought that I think towards you. So tonight, God is thinking about you. God is thinking about you. And the Bible said that thought is the thought of good and not of evil. To bring you to a future he has originally designed for you. I was reading a scripture that is very critical to what we're about to share tonight. I want us to all turn to the book of Ecclesiastes tonight. Chapter 11, verse 5. Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, and verse 5. I'll read from here. As thou knowest not, what is the way of the Spirit? Or how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God which maketh whole. <laughs> this scripture is a critical scripture. It says, as you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In this scripture, it is not a strange sentence to us that a woman is pregnant. Right? But the Bible says, how does the brown grow in the small crevices of the womb that what we call fetus in few weeks of pregnancy becomes a full-grown human? How does the brown grow? 
It says you do not know the works of God. Church, when anything is initiated by God, there is an implant, there is an instinctive power in any seed given by God to grow and to increase. Embedded in the seed of God is the power to increase. If the source is God, the increase is inevitable. I'll say it again. If the source is God, the increase is inevitable. God foresaw in the year 2010, 6.7 billion of men and women in the world. But it began with a single man called Adam. And in that man was the seed to produce the generation of men that we see today, 6.7 billion people. In other words, in the program of God, change, increase, is part of the deal. Change, increase, is part of the deal. In the natural, we see the implant of God growing by the divine order. I, call, I concluded this way. If an idea is God's idea, it will border, it will grow, it will increase because the blessing of God is upon it. I'll say it again. If any idea is of God, it will grow, it will border, it will increase because the blessing of God is upon it. So in my life, if there is anything that I want to be sure of, is that anything that is going on in my life is divinely ordered by God. Because if it is divinely ordered by God, it will not lack the divine blessing of God to succeed. David knew this secret. David understood this mystery of God. That if it is of God, you can rest, it will increase. Let's turn our Bibles together today to the book of Psalms 61. The book of Psalms 61, this is what the scripture says. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayers. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than high. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayers. 
what we're reading about in Psalm 61 is a cry of desperation of a man who was tired of status quo. A man who understood the mind of God that his present position is not the best of God yet for his life. Regardless of what may be going on, your present circumstance, your present position is not yet the best of God for your life. And David knew. And there was a cry of desperation from his heart. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayers. From the hands of the earth. I shared about that last week. That what David was talking about is that when you reach the end of yourself, you must know what is next to do. Let me tell us what the reaction of the world is when they reach the end of themselves. This is what they will do. When you get to, when you get to the end of your rope, this is what they usually say. Tie a knot and hang on. <laughs> I was reading this this week. What is the general reaction of men and women in the natural? When they reach the end of themselves. They say when they reach the end of their old rope, what do they do? Tie the knot and hang on. That's why when you ask them, say, we're hanging in there. But the Bible says, David says, when you reach the end of yourself, don't hang on. What do you do? Cry to God. This is the difference between a man who knows the mind of God and the one who does not. The word says hang on. Just hold on. Just hold on as forever, whatever it will take. But today we don't. Most of the time they cave in. Because it is difficult for the human flesh to hold on in the midst of crisis because loneliness kills. Did we hear what I said? Loneliness does what? Kills. Many of them are still breathing, but they are dead. But the Bible says, when David reached the end of himself, I love this. He says, hear my cry, oh God. In other words, I, I love this sentence when the Lord showed me. You know, whatever is above you is still under God. That is what the world does not know. Whatever is what? Above you is still what? Under God. That is why the Bible says whatever is from above is above all. John chapter 3. Whatever is above is what? Is above all. There may be things that are above us. It is bound to be. That's life. There may be things that are too difficult for us to handle. It is life. There are things that are, that are attacking us from every angle, from every side. It is natural. But, above, but, but from what I read from the scripture, he that is above is above all. In other words, for you as a believer, when something is above you, always remember, it is still under God. It is not beyond the reach of the divine. All I need to do when I reach the end of myself is to make a switch in the spirit. Withdraw from my personal effort and begin to cry to God. Now, the prayer we are reading about, the Bible does not tell us how long he prayed. But the Bible says he knew where he was standing. There is always a higher place than here. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. In other words, take me beyond this realm of collapse, of depression, of not enough. Take me to the lonely ground where nothing is impossible with you. The Lord showed us last week 
That's why today is very critical. Because the Lord laid the foundation for us, for us to know that even when we reach the point when we feel we have been deprived by life, God wants us to get to a ground when what you have, what you don't have, is not a problem anymore. You are not bothered about what you have, what you do not have. Because God wants you to know from Matthew chapter 7, verse 33. I love that scripture. I'm going to read it right here. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all a lot of things shall be added unto you. you know, do we know the meaning of that scripture? What he's saying is this. When you seek me, when you find me, the world may deprive you, but you are not bothered about what you are deprived about. You know you own the world. Hallelujah. I wanted to preach to somebody beside you tonight. I own the world. <laughs> I own it. The Bible said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell there. It, do not, it does not want us to get to the point when we lose grip over this truth. There is a ground higher than where we are. I love the way David said it in the next verse. Let's follow me there. In verse 3 of Psalm 61, it says, For you have been a shirt for me. I have a few definitions, a few brief summary of what David said. I believe from this scripture, we can go back home and read. It's, this is my com- conclusion from this passage. He yearns for a new level. How many of us are yearning for a new level today? David yearned for something he had not seen. He sought for a brighter day. Today may be bright, but tomorrow will be brighter than today. The now may be bright, but the then will be brighter than the now. The now may be good, but David saw that there is something better than the good. And David reached for the invisible because he prayed to the unseen. David knew that the sin is controlled by the unseen. He reached to the invisible. David trusted in a higher guide. I love the word lead me. David never, let's go read the entire book of Psalms. From time to time, David never forgot to to make a proclamation of the ability of God to guide. Psalm 23, we remember, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside stewards. He restores my soul. He leads me again in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But thou anointed my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And they shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love David. He said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. God is a higher guide. Uh, let me tell us the advantage of a higher guide. Have we noticed when you are guiding from a height, you see better than those who are low? <laughs> the, the advantage of a higher guide is that he has seen what you cannot see in the purview of the now. 
God sets up to see days and years ahead of us. That is why the greatest relationship we'll ever have is a relationship with this God. Because he sees what you do not see. He understands what you do not understand. He knows what we do not know. David said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And let me be honest with us. David was already an old man at this time. He knew what he was talking about. Because he had seen in his life an abandoned child tending the sheep of the family. One day, without preparation, without prior information, a message came from his father. David, we need you at home. I'm sure they didn't tell him what was at stake. David came home. He got home. He found the prophet of God. Now, let me be honest with us. Many of us just thought Samuel went to the house of, house of David. As a prophet in the land, you don't go just anywhere. Go read the story. Samuel had to pretend because they will find out why was he in the house of Jesse. So, Samuel had to tell the people, I'm going to make sacrifice. Because as a prophet, as a priest, he wouldn't go anywhere. As a prophet, he wouldn't go just anywhere. He only went out when there was a need for sacrifice. And there were specific places for him to go. But when the right time of God was right for David to be anointed king, God broke protocol. Everybody said God broke protocols. When God is about to move us to a higher level, God will break protocols. The protocol was not for someone to go to the house of Jesse. But he went anyway. And the poor young Rudy, the Bible calls him, boy was sent back home. He got back home. He was looking aghast. What's going on here? He saw all his brothers standing. And the man of God with a jar of oil in his hand. And looked at him and said, this is the anointed of God. He would have been so, he would have been, he would have been so struck with awe when he saw what was going on. Because I'm sure, you know, a boy tending the sheep, now he's been anointed. He was 17 years old. Anointed king of Israel. Can we ever imagine, even now, in our own lives, such a dramatic change in our lives suddenly? And that's why David said, if you led me from the sheepfold to become a king in one day, you can lead me again to a higher rock. Can we cast our mind back to our lives? That one day you slept, it was as though it was the end of it all. And the other day you woke up, sudden miracle happened in your life. And you wondered, how did they happen? Many of us have been through that in life before. We have tempted and attempted nothing works. But when God stepped into your fears, lifted you out of the miry clay, and placed you among princes of his own people, this is what David said. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. How was the rock higher than him? It was because there was a king in Israel. At the time, he was anointed king. It was an impossible thing. You do not have two kings in a city at the same time. But when God is ready, it does not matter to him. There was a sitting king that was an anointed king. David was the anointed king, but Saul was the sitting king. And God spoke to him, I have anointed you king over Israel. He would have been confused as a 17-year-old. If it is the same 17-year-old we have today, we are running after spaghetti. <laughs> He's looking at me at the back, there are so many 17-year-olds. How do they become anointed king in one day when there is a sitting king? But David assimilated that. His understanding has been sharpened. And that was why last week's message is important. That in life, there are certain little experiences we have. God is bringing you into a place of training. I'm going to quickly mention it today. That in our lives, we must understand that there is a process of growth. 
when God is going to lead you to a new level, there is a process of growth. Let me quickly take us to three things that I want to share with us tonight in quick succession. There is a promise of increase. That's number one. Number two, there is a power for increase. Number three, there is a conduct for increase. I'll say it in another way. Promise of increase, power for increase, and conduct for increase. We must understand that there is a divine promise in the word of God to lift us. Sufficient promises in the word to lead us. We read it, and I'm going to read again to the Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let me read it to us. Deuteronomy 28 in verse 1. This is what it says. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Do we see that? It will set you where? High above all the nations of the earth. We mentioned it last week. Israel was set by God above nations of the world. And we concluded that the reason why that nation, that nation has remained what it is today, regardless of the opposition, a small country in the midst of enemies, very little country, very few people in the midst of enemies, yet they could not overrun them. It is, the, it is not just weapon, it is the blessing. Let me be honest with us tonight. It is okay to have weapons in terms of everything that life can offer you. But there is something that is greater than weapons. It is the blessing of God. When the blessing and the covenant of God is upon a place, it will sustain you. It will preserve you. It will defend you. It will protect you from all evil. Are we listening to what I'm saying? When the blessing of God is upon you, it will preserve you. The blessing of God has preserved Israel. Regardless of the enormity of the, of, the, of the order of the enemy, God has preserved them by his covenant. And the Bible says, I will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. That's what he says. I will set you on high above all nations. Now, today I want to announce to us as church, we have received from God the power to be set on a higher pedestrian than our cohorts. It sounds rude, right? But it is not rude. It is the promise. When people ask you, why is everything working for you? It is because I'm a child of promise. I'm walking under the divine promise of God. Let me give us a few scriptures. Let's listen to this. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. This is what it says. Malachi 4 2. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healings in his wings and you shall go forth and grow up. Do we hear that? You shall go forth and grow up as the calves of the store. The Bible says I will cause you because you fear my name to grow up and go forth. I mean I just want to go forward. The Bible says I will cause you to go forward and to grow forth. And to grow up. Psalm 147 verse 8. It is the Lord who covered the heavens with clouds. Who prepared the rain for the earth. Who makes the grass to grow upon the mountain. So we saw that it is God who causes growth. 
in Psalm 104 verse 14. It causes the grass to grow for the cattle and help for the service of man that it may bring forth food out of the earth. It causes things to grow. Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. It shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. It shall do what? It shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The grace to grow is upon you. The grace to expand is upon us. The grace to increase is upon us. The promise of growth. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and it will exalt you in this season. It will do what? Exalt in due season. So there is a promise of growth. We must acknowledge the fact that God wants us to grow as a people. He wants us to understand the path of growth. He wants us to walk in the light of his will. When God moves us forward, our lives will never remain the same again. Number two, power for increase. Now, God does not only give promises. I wrote down, it is one thing to have a promise. It is another to have the capacity to enjoy or unless the promise. I'll say it again. It is one thing to have a promise. It is another to have the capacity to enjoy and unless the promise of God. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 8. In verse 18, this is what it says. Deuteronomy chapter 8 in verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 in verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get where? Well. It is he. It is he who gives you power. <laughs> it is he who gives you what? Power to get wealth. Now, he's not producing wealth in heaven. The wealth is already there. But he says, according to his promise that we have read in Deuteronomy 28, it is he who gives you the power, the ability, the capacity the enablement to enjoy it. Have you read the book of Ecclesiastes before? One of the times the Bible says it is not enough for a man to, to heap up treasure for himself, but that God will give him the power to enjoy it. It is not enough to labor, but it is important that a man will enjoy what he has labored for. And he says, and all these come from God. All of these don't come from where? Come from God. Pray tonight that the Lord will give you power. Power to enjoy his divine promise. The Lord will keep us alive to enjoy his divine promise. Why is this important? Let's go back to the book of Psalm 61 that I read before. David understood that. This is what David said in Psalm 61. David said, For I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your, of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. What a heritage that they will increase. You will prolong the king's life. I love David. <laughs> he says, I know it. You will prolong the king's life. You will prolong my life. Then I will enjoy the benefit of your promise. And this is many times that when we're asking God to release his divine blessing in our lives, we forget that aspect. That after receiving the promise, we need the power to enjoy it. You know why we need the power to enjoy? Because the enemy is not happy that you have it. 
The devil is mad when you are blessed. The enemy is angry when you are moving forward. The Bible tells us that's one of the reasons why tonight the power that God will release upon each of us will be so tremendous that no power in hell will be able to stand against the promise of God in your life. The Bible tells us in the book of Zechariah chapter 1, towards verse 18 down, the Bible tells us that, in, that, was, that, that, that God had already ordained increase for his people. But let's read it. Let's read it together. I want us to see that scripture. It's very important. Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 1. Very critical. Zechariah chapter 1. Read verse 18. Therefore I raised my eyes and looked. And there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? I want us to see that together. Zechariah chapter 1, I'm going to take my time with it. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 18. Are we there? Zechariah chapter 1 verse 18. It says, therefore I raised my hands and looked, and there were four arms. And I said to the angel, would talk with me. What are these? And he said, and he answered me, these are the arms that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, what are these one coming to do? So he said, these are the arms that have scattered Judah. What is, what is the next phrase? That no one could lift up his head. Do we see it? That no one could do what? Lift up his head. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them. To cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. We need the power to stop the encroachment of the horns of the enemy that may want to deny us from enjoying the benefits of God. I was reading Psalm 92. The Bible says it was speaking about a unicorn. The scripture says, but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. Have we read that in our Bible before, verse 12? Psalm 92, it says, for my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn, and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. The word anointing means power. Is that true? In other words, what a horn is to a unicorn is what the unction of the Holy Spirit to you as a believer. Take the horn away from a unicorn. It's a useless animal. Take the one away. His power is gone. His ability has been removed. But the Bible said, my horn, you will exalt. My horn, you will increase. My horn, you will improve. My influence, you will ex- expand. That I may be, and I will be anointed with fresh oil. I pray for the power upon our lives today to enjoy the benefit of the, the promises of God upon your life. There is a heavy promise. There is a heavy covenant of God on your life. But you need the power of God to enjoy it. The Bible says in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 1, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Tonight we will receive power to see the promise of God coming to pass in our lives. The days of weaknesses are over. God, empower your people that from now we will go out, we will go out with the strength of the Almighty. Our words will be effective. Our lives will be contagious. We will become, we will become a people enviable to others to see. The blessing of God will rest upon us. The power to accomplish will come upon us. Everything that you lay out upon will prosper. 
The Bible says every place that Joseph was, he prospered because the hand of God was upon him. Nehemiah, who was used of God to raise the, to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, said, The good hand of my God is upon me. The word hand in the scriptures is interpreted for power. The power of God is upon me. Church, there is nothing you can do without the power of God. Nothing. Jesus could not do anything without the power. Do we remember Matthew chapter 3? Jesus was not just born yesterday. He was already a 30-year-old man. But the Bible says he went to be baptized of John. While he went into the river, the Bible said the heaven was open. And the spirit of the Lord came upon it like, like what? Like a dove. And the Lord spoke from heaven, saying, this is, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. I usually say it this way. Jesus could not, would not, did not do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God. To see the promise of God in your life fulfilled. I believe there's a promise for us to grow. There's a promise for us to increase. But we must harness the power of God. The things that are ahead of us. The opposition that the enemy may want to place ahead of you. May be higher than you. But you know what? With our God. We will leap over the wall. With our God. We will walk through the troops. When God of Israel was in the midst of his people. Do we remember the day that David stood. And said how I wish I drink of that river. And two men broke through the, the garrison of the Philistine and they brought the water to David. David knew it was the blood of a man because those two men could have been killed and slaughtered and they are, I can't drink this. I cannot. I cannot. They broke through the garrison of, of the Philistine. God will cause each of us to break through the garrison of the enemy. Every garrison that has been erected against your life, the Lord will empower you. You will walk through those garrisons. The Lord will bring us to a place of abundance in our lives. The fear that God has is concern. It's not in increasing his people. This is number three. Conduct in increase. Ever say conduct in increase. The concern that God has is not in increasing us. The concern is not in empowering us. The problem is many of us do not have the conduct of a new increase, of a new level. The conduct of a new level. The conduct, there is a behavior of a new level. You know why? Church, I want us to listen to me tonight. New level, new devils. We need appropriate conduct. The Bible declared in the book of Isaiah, as soon as Jesurun increased, he kicked. In other words, he misfired as soon as he increased. So God wants us to increase. He wants us to have the right attitude, the right behavior, the right conduct at a new level. That was why God trained Abraham. Abraham was already a prepared man for a prepared place. How did God do it? I give us four reasons tonight how God did it in the life of Abraham. Are we ready to, to see that before I just close tonight? One of the reasons by which God, what God taught Abraham in building him up to be a ready man for a ready place was that God used the circumstances in the life of Abraham to build confidence and trust. I was a confidence and trust. Do we know that when we are trained by God, when we reach the place that God has designed for us, nothing intimidates you anymore. Nothing. Nothing intimidates you anymore. Now, Abraham had been through ups and downs in his life. He's been, he's been through times of, you know, of failure, of all sorts of experiences. But he got to a level. The day that Abraham was visited by the angels of God, he was already a prepared man. I'm telling you, he was a prepared man. He had settled in his mind. If God had spoken, 
As long as my breath is in my nostril, I will wait on my God to bring it to pass. How did the scripture record Abraham's life? Romans chapter 4. I'll read verse 17. This is what the scripture says about Abraham. A man who had reached a higher ground. But what was it that God had built in Abraham? I want us to see together Romans chapter 4 verse 17. This is what the scripture says about Abraham. The Bible says, And as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, whom he believed, God, who gives lives to the dead and cause those things which do not exist as though they did. I want us to read about Abraham now in verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed. So that he became the father of many nations. Now, I want us to read that sentence where. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed. So that he became. Now, Abraham did not become before he believed. He believed before he became. Hallelujah. God wants us to believe before we become. Many of us want to become before we believe. But he believed and he became. He became father of many nations. The Bible says, according to what was spoken, so shall your seed be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Now this doesn't look like the Abraham we read about in Genesis 15. Who said, oh God, I go childless. But the Bible says he wasn't weak in faith. That was a change in his life. So God will make us ready people for a ready place. Because where we're going is higher than now. If we're not prepared, we will not be able to handle the challenges of tomorrow. How many of us know that the real challenge in the life of Abraham was not before the birth of Isaac. It was, be, it was after the birth of Isaac. Church, I want us to listen. Let's look at them. How many of us believe that? That the real challenge in the life of Abraham was not just before the birth of Isaac. It was even more after the birth of Isaac. What do I mean by that? How many of us know it is better for people to know you don't have than for people to know that you had one time and you never had again? Hallelujah. Did we ever think about that? Isaac was born and God said, sacrifice him. Ah! It is okay when I didn't have a child. Everybody knew I didn't have one. How is it a grown-up boy suddenly disappears? How would the word see it? But you know what? He was already a prepared man. Nothing at this level intimidates everyone anymore. He knew the mind of God. He knew if he gave him to me, it would reproduce him again. It doesn't matter. If you talk God to open the heavens and drop down another Isaac, he would do it. This man, I will sacrifice him. That is the level at which God wants us to reach. I sense in my spirit, the Lord wants me to just preach about this. You know, this is a ground when doubt dies. This is the ground when the fear is banished forever. This is the ground when Paul got to Melita and the people, the barbarians saw Paul reaching down to put wood into the fire because of the shipwreck. And there was a venom viper that beat, that beat Paul. And they said, ah, we know. In Acts of the Apostles chapter 27, he's a bad man. He's, he, 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 he's been cursed. He's going to fall down and blo- be bloated and die. He's, he swung the thing away and they watched the man. He wouldn't die. And he was never worried about it. That is the level God wants us to bring. We to a higher ground when our faith has been well developed. Our faith has been granted in God. Our faith is no more in happiness. Our faith is in an invisible God. On this ground, faith takes the place of fear. On this ground, you believe the impossible even when it is not possible. On this ground, 
Light takes the place of darkness. On this ground, every issue of life becomes simple. Because this is a ground. At that moment, the voice of God is clearer than the voice of man. That is the ground God wants to take us as a pupil. The voice of God must be clearer than the voice of man. Number two, lesson that God taught Abraham. <laughs> Before I leave that, the first one I said, confidence and trust. You know, I just saw here that even though <laughs> things became logically dead after God had spoken to Abraham. I don't know. I'm going to explain that. When something becomes logically dead, after God had spoken, Abraham still had a reckless faith in God. I mean, I must know what I'm talking, logically dead. I mean, how do you expect a 90 year old man? God spoke to him at 75. That was still okay, a man, yes, 75. But he was already 99. Logically dead. Biologically impossible. But God was faithful. God will be faithful to you today. Number two, consecration and separation unto God. God wants to teach us to be separated unto him. Number three, relationship. God wants to build us up. God wants to build our relationship in him. God wants to build your spirit in him. A few things to mention to us before we close tonight. What are the things in our lives that can prevent elevation? Number one, when we hold, when we hold sisters, when we build up alternatives to God, God wants us to be, to be absolutely trustful. He does not want us to have alternatives in our lives. No alternatives. Number two, the lack of the true knowledge of the plan of God for our lives. The lack of the true knowledge of God, of his plan for our lives. Number three, the crowd around us. How many of us know the crowd around us can be so dangerous when we're moving to a new ground? I'm going to tell us this story, and then we'll close from there tonight. I, re- I heard this story just a few days ago of a couple of monkeys. Uh, there was a man that stood on top of the pole. It's a very, uh, you know, it's a long pole. And the man stood on top of the pole, hopped there, and then they put some liquid on the pole, and the man was dangling banana. And they put the monkeys down. And the monkeys were trying to climb the pole. You know how monkeys are with banana? They're dangerous. So the monkeys tried to climb the, the pole to reach for the banana. But they kept pulling you know, some slippery liquid. So as they go up, they fall down. They go up, they fall down. They f- and about four of them were trying it. And they couldn't do it. They got tired of it. And then they brought another monkey that was not there when all that was happening. They cleaned up the pole and brought another monkey. And the man was dangling the... the the banana again. The new monkey wanted to go up. Do you know what happened? The four monkeys then were pulling him down. <laughs> they said, I don't know how it happened, but the other four monkeys that tried, that couldn't get it, jumped at him and were pulling him down. We're pulling him down. You can't reach it. We tried. You can do it. They were pulling him down. Meaning, there will be times when what others think they could not do, they think you cannot do it either. You know what has happened today? God has shifted things. Things have been shifted in the spirit. Others may not have done it, but you will do it. Many of us in our families, there are things they never accomplished. But God said, you will do it. God has shifted position. What was slippery before has been cleaned up. The blood of Jesus has cleaned up the impossible, the slippery ground. God has positioned us for a higher level, for an increase in our lives. Whatever has been slippery, God has changed it. 
God who opens the way. I love Isaiah chapter 45. When he opens the way, let's read it. Isaiah 45. What does he say? That's what I'm going to close tonight. Isaiah 45. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thus says the Lord to his anointed. And I believe that we are anointed of God tonight. To Cyrus, I put my name there to Adegoke, whose right hand I have had to subdue nations before him, to lose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I want us to watch verse 2. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. The Lord will make the crooked places straight for you. The way may have been crooked, but for you it will be made straight. In the name of Jesus. Let's rise up to pray tonight. It's time to pray. I want us to pray tonight. I want us to pray tonight. I want us to pray and say, Lord, even against hope, I hope tonight. Against hope, I hope tonight. I believe you. I believe that you're a God of miracle. I believe in your power. I believe in your plan. I believe in your purpose. I believe in your objective. I believe in all that you have said concerning your word. Your promises are yea and amen. Your promises are true. I want us to pray with desperation tonight. David said, hear my cry, oh God. I turn to my prayers. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Yes, Lord Jesus. 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 Against hope, I do hope. Against hope, I do hope. Against hope, I do hope. In the name of Jesus. The facts may be there. The circumstances may not have changed. But your word is greater than every circumstance. Your word is greater. Your promises are better. Oh, yes. You are a greater God. In the name of Jesus, ye krabosh kataya, ringa sotaya, reke sedaya. In Jesus' name. We're going to pray tonight. Church, I want us to pray this way. Lord, the circumstances may not have changed, but your word is greater. Are we listening? The circumstances may not have changed, but your promises are better than the circumstances. Is that true? Your circumstances, your promises, your word is superior to the facts. It's superior to the circumstances. Lord, the circumstances may remain. But Lord, I believe your word. I hold on to you. That's what Abraham did. That's what Abraham did. Nothing changed between when he was 75 and when he was 99. But something has changed inside him. The outside may not have changed. But God wants to change something inside us. God wants to implant his promises on the inside. Oh yes, on the inside. Let your word touch me. Let your counsel be released in the name of Jesus. I receive the promise. I'm a child of promise. I receive the promise against, against every circumstance. I receive the revelation of God against every circumstance. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. We have prayed. We're going to pray tonight. And say, Lord, from today, 
by prophecy, I receive the power to increase. Is that a good prayer to pray? I want us to begin to pray that prayer concerning our lives and everyone that belongs to us. The power for increase. We break the power of status quo. Hello, church. Whatever has caused me to remain the same, I break that status quo tonight. By the power of the Holy Ghost, I break the status quo. I break the status quo. I break the status quo. Let there be a change, 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 change in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray. Let brothers scatter. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy, I prophesy tonight. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the power of the Holy Ghost, change, 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 change. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are we ready to pray? We're going to pray. Every horn of the enemy, every horn, every opposition, every blockade, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I command every horn to be broken in pieces. Do we understand what I'm praying about? Every horn, let them be broken in pieces. Every horn of the enemy, let them be broken in pieces. Let them be, the Bible said the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Uh-uh. It will not rest. It will not rest. It will not rest. Every one of the enemy, we break it into pieces. 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 We command life. We command grace. We command power. We command change. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. We command it. We command it. We command change. Uh -uh. We command it to learn. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. I want us to pray over our children, those of us who are expecting. I want us to lay a hand upon our loins and prophesy over those children. Lord, today, <laughs> the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is here. Hallelujah. How many of us know God made sure that Isaac was greater than Abraham and Jacob was greater than all of them because he was the one who brought the 12 tribes of Israel. I want us to pray. The grace for increase, let it begin to flow from me to every seed that came out of my body. Do we understand it? The grace for increase, let it begin to flow out of me into every seed that came out of my, that came out, that is coming out of my body. Let the grace for increase begin to flow into them. The anointing to do well, the anointing to increase, the anointing to multiply. Come upon them, 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 come upon them. Oh, oh, let it come. I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let it come. Ah, Rapa Kasata, Rapa Kataya, Rekatege. 
Lord, we make a decree in this place for everyone standing before me tonight and to whom they represent. This is the least they will ever be here. I decree as your oracle tonight. This is the least they will ever be here. This is the least they will ever be. Let the power for increase come upon everyone. We will bust out to the right, to the left. The blessing of God in our lives will know no bound. Baleka rondi katoga sedeka preda kato sende kete rende beke toga ba alendri kute epradi kato sadengri di kabato kera daba sedea lenekesto dembru di keteya rada kabala. Skete yede, embradota galo, dikete gere, angrobo sode, lakati dika, koradike gede gadis keteba, elebas keteya, oriande ketogo sode, praliande ketazodea, rabakato de kelede, redekali diki buskedeya. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we have me to say to you. Many of us came here tonight. We've reached a width. We said in our hearts, if God will not help me, where has will I turn? Lord, he said to you tonight, I heard your cry. I know you, and I have a plan for you. My plan will come to manifestation soon. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your grace. Blessed be your name, Father. We prophesy into this new week. This is the week of Thanksgiving. Fill our heart with joy, with grateful, with, with, with grateful. Give us a grateful heart. Give our, release upon us the grace for Thanksgiving. We prophesy upon us as an assembly. Let the grace to be thankful come upon us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. And amen. Let's clap our hands together for the Lord Jesus tonight, the Lord who has been here with us. Let's bring our offerings to the Lord tonight. I'm just going to give to the Lord tonight. 